Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Most interesting for health and fitness pros, we've turned the lessons learned coaching over 200,000 clients into a complete nutrition and health coaching system called the Precision Nutrition Certification. It's the industry's most recognized career-changing coaching system anywhere. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will coach you on growing your business, helping more people, and becoming a better coach. We'll help you become more than a personal trainer, strength coach, or nutritionist. We'll help you become the complete fitness professional. So let's get started. We'll move on to the second one. This is probably one of the most important takeaways that you'll ever get from any change psychology book. Give clients only one new habit at a time. When someone starts a new fitness program, how many new habits do you think that you're giving them, in particular, if you're asking them to improve their sleep, their water drinking, their nutrition, and start working out. How many habits is that? Is it 100? It might be 100 new habits. If you're asking them to come work out with you three times a week, now they have to adjust their schedule, so that's a new habit. Then they have to find their way to the gym. That's a new habit. Then they have to do these new exercises. That's a new habit. They might have to buy some new clothing. That's a new thing. And then nutritionally, there's like hundreds of small decisions every single day. Don't eat this, eat this, go to the grocery store, buy this, stock up my fridge, look in my kitchen in a different way. Hundreds of new habits. No wonder it's so hard to get in shape for new people. You think, well, I'm just asking you to exercise, eat well, sleep properly, and not be stressed. It's only four things. It's like hundreds of things. The best books on this topic are Motivational Interviewing, Switch, and The Power of Less. If you're someone who's like, ah, I don't do a lot of reading, Power of Less is a great book because it's really short. You could probably rip through it in a weekend, and it's about this author, his particular journey through change. It's really, really insightful. It's really, really cool, and it's very small. In the book Power of Less, he does some statistics, and he looks at how new habits actually stick. He's come up with the conclusion that if you adopt one new habit, you have about an 85% chance or greater of sticking with it, one new habit. If you shoot for two new habits, it drops to less than 35% chance of sticking with it. And if you go to three, it's less than 10%. These data don't apply for every client. You're gonna get some super hardcore type A clients that you'll be able to throw everything at them and they'll be able to do. And the truth is, early in my career, those were the type of clients that I screened for. Right? I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just only going to accept those people. And in fitness, we have this popular notion that we should fire the bad clients. Right? You guys have heard this. Just get rid of all your shitty clients. What the people who are recommending this suggest is shitty are the people who aren't type A and won't do everything you ask, even if your ask is ridiculous. I guess my point is, those people who if you can throw 10 things at and they do it all, they would have gotten in shape without you anyway. Really. You know, they would have figured it out. So really, we're in the business of helping those people that people suggest you should fire. And the way to do that is to go slow, one habit at a time. Did you have a question? We frame it a little differently. <laughs> 
The question was, do you never fire clients? So the question, do we ever fire clients? And I kind of look at it a little differently. We kind of let them fire themselves. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? We actually do our process. This is how we do it. You know the, the Homer Simpson joke guy I made earlier? Okay, the guy with the big belly lost 85 pounds in 10 months or whatever. In the first month of our program, and you'll see why in a sec, he's a lawyer and he wrote a strongly worded letter asking out of the program. He wanted out of the program because he thought it wasn't going to work. This slow, one habit at a time thing wasn't going to work for him. And he's type A, hardcore, drive, drive, drive guy. He ended up losing 85 pounds. He was type 2 diabetic. Now he's not anymore. And he ended up winning like $13,000 of my money because we have a body transformation contest. <laughs> so the best transformations we have a prize for. In month one, he was like, I want out. And by month 12, he's like 13,000 richer and lost about 85 pounds. Anyway, we do our thing. You know, we do our process. And you'll, you'll see as we go through it, we're not pushing. In fitness, like in, I was early in my career, this is this pushing game you have with your clients. Come on, I need you to do this. And they push back and you're like, come on, I need you to do this. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? We, we, we don't do any of that. And that's why we don't ever have to fire a client. There's no shoving matches in the way that we work. It's a lot more gentle of an approach, if you will. We'll, we'll go through a few more and you might, you might understand this. So again, think about what we're asking clients to do to get in shape. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. And I really think we need to pare it down. I'll do a little case study here in my own life, actually. A couple years back, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. And the first thing I need then is, is a guitar. Right? I'm a pretty educated guy. I think I'm pretty bright. I think I learn stuff pretty quickly. And so, you know, when I buy my guitar, I got to get a good guitar, like a really good guitar, the best one, right? So I'm like doing research on guitars and figuring out who makes the best guitars. And then I find a guy who you can actually go and make your own guitar with. Like he'll show me how to make my own handmade guitar. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I need to do that, right? <laughs> And so this process is escalating. And I'm like, and I need a good instructor because I don't want some chump instructor because I'll get really good at this pretty quickly. So I need someone who's going to be able to teach to my, my learning philosophy and my style, right? And, you know, I'm going to progress very well. So I need someone who's like got good top end too. So he can really teach me the really hard stuff at the top range. So I'm going through this whole process and like six months goes by. And I still haven't put my fingers on a guitar. And I'm thinking like, I'm an idiot because I'm not practicing what I preach. I'm not doing one simple habit to begin. I'm scaling this thing out of proportion. You guys ever seen this? You guys ever do this? This is such a human thing to do. So here's how I solved the problem. I went on Kijiji. You guys familiar with this? It's like Craigslist. And I bought a crappy used guitar. And I went to a website that teaches you how to play the guitar and I made one promise to myself. I'm going to play the guitar for five minutes a day. Before I was like, okay, and I need to carve out time to learn this guitar thing. Because you need to like practice an hour a day to get good at stuff, right? So I'm like, all right, seven hours a week on the guitar. It just was becoming impossible. No wonder I didn't start. So I just scaled it way, way back. Bought a crappy cheap guitar, went to a free website to learn, and I decided I was going to put my fingers on this thing for five minutes every day. That's all I'm going to ask of myself. A couple days later, I started to play the guitar. And then I had this other thing too, because this doesn't act in a vacuum, right? Like, am I just sitting around all day waiting for my guitar playing? 
No, I got other things that are priority in my life. In, in my life in particular, I have three important things that basically encompass everything that I think about. And if it doesn't fit on here and someone asks me to do it, it's kind of a no. All right, so the first one, uh, and it's no particular order here, but it's my own health and fitness, my wife and my daughter, and my professional goals. Okay, so my company, Precision Nutrition, very important to me. We have an awesome staff. We have fun projects that we do together. These are my three things. Anything else is kind of a no. So where does this damn guitar thing fit into this? All my time and my brain space is spent on those three things. And your clients have their three things, whether they know it or not. How does this fit in? How do I make this part of my life? The way that I ended up doing it was my daughter likes music. She's always like, she's a, even a little toddler, a little infant. She's like, one of her first words was dance, right? It's like one of the first words she ever started saying. And she's like dancing around like this, you know? And uh, so she loves music. So I was like, okay, cool. So I, I, I have to play this thing like five minutes every day. That's it. And when it's time to wind down for her at night, bedtime, maybe I'll just practice my guitar at that time so I can spend some time with my wife and daughter. Awesome, part of my priorities. And I can play this thing, this guitar. The interesting thing was when I made it super easy on myself, some nights I'd play for like an hour or two. And other days I'd only play for five minutes. But by making it easy, I always touched that thing every single day. By making it hard, you start thinking things like, all right, I don't really have an hour to play today, so I'm just not going to practice. You get it? Your clients do this with fitness too. I don't have like all this time to work out today. I'm super busy. So instead of just getting up and doing 50 air squats or something, they skip the workout. And the philosophy has to be a little is better than nothing. How this actually looks in sort of recommendations is this. You need to ask your clients to adopt only one new habit at a time. For me, it was just play this thing for five minutes every day. Now that habit needs to be small. And I know I've achieved the right smallness when I ask a client if they can do a particular habit. Well, I'll tell you the wrong answer. Well, I don't know, it'll be a challenge, but I think I can do it. That's the wrong answer. The right answer is, are you freaking kidding me? Of course I can do that. Every day, no sweat. They have to feel like it's way easier than their capability. In fact, they have to feel like you're an idiot for even asking them to do something so simple. So the habit should be small, and it's something they can do daily. Habits don't get formed if it's like a part-time or occasional thing. Not just small, though. It has to be clear. My guitar example, I wasn't like, I'm going to play a little bit every day. I needed to know at the end of the day if I reached my goal. My goal was five minutes. At the end of the day, someone could ask me, did you play your five minutes today? And it's either yes, I did, or no, I didn't. So here's some examples. Work out more is a terrible single habit. Do five minutes of intervals today is excellent. It's measurable, and it's crystal clear. If I ask you whether you did your five minutes of intervals today, there's no ambiguity, right? You can't say, well, I'm not sure. Either did it or you didn't. Eat more veggies. That's often a common goal for people, but it's not a good one. Eat one cup of veggies with each meal, is measurable, it's clear, it's specific. It may be too big for some people, in which case we'll talk about what to do in a minute. Improve my hip mobility. You've got people who sit at a desk all day, they got hip problems, we've got to improve their hip mobility, but it's not a good goal. Getting up from the chair every hour today and doing this stretch or whatever, that may be a better goal. Measurable, clear, specific. So you guys get the deal. One habit should be small, should be something you can do daily, and it needs to be easy to understand and measure. And there's one more thing here. What's small? 
is eating two servings of veggies a day small? Is that a small habit to help someone improve their nutrition? Kind of depends on the person, right? For you, that might be a joke. Like, really? Only two servings? For another client, that might be like climbing Everest. It brings us into a bit of a dilemma, doesn't it? We want to make recommendations to our clients that are going to help them improve their nutrition and their sleep and their stress. And we want to make a small recommendation, but we're not quite sure what small means yet. Do you ever ask your clients whether they can do a habit that you want to recommend to them? Did anyone ever get a prescription medication from their doctor? Did the doc ever say anything like, well, I want you to take this medication to lower your cholesterol. How confident do you think you'll be that you can do that every day? I haven't heard too many docs do that. I haven't heard too many trainers do that. We say things like, I need you to, right? Don't we? Well, if you want to lose weight, you got to. One thing that really, really changed my life as a coach was this question. On a scale of 0 to 10, how confident are you that you can do this thing that we just talked about doing? Changes everything. If I say, I really think the next step for you would be to eat more veggies. How many are you eating now? And we go through it, it's two servings a day. Okay. I think it would be a great idea if we tried going to three servings a day. What do you think? Well, I, th I think that's cool. Yeah, I think we can do that. All right, how confident are you on a scale of 0 to 10 that you can do that? Nine. All right, sweet, let's go three servings. You see how that works? I've just engaged that client in a dynamic process of co-creation of the habit, and I've ascertained that they feel like they can actually accomplish it. When you think about it in these terms, you almost punch yourself in the head for never really doing it before. Because you're like, man, I had no idea whether my clients thought they could do this stuff or not. Sometimes when I'm standing up here and you're listening, it feels accusational. But I'll tell you, I spent most of my career doing the wrong shit. Just being like, hey, we need to up those veggies. Five servings, go to it. You know? Oh, I'm having a hard time. Oh, let me give you some motivation. Right? The whole time they're thinking, I just, uh, I don't think I can do this, actually. So we do this scale thing. Zero is no chance. Ten is I can absolutely do it. Let's go back to habit development. One habit at a time should be small, should be something you can do daily, easy to understand and measure, and they should be able to give a 9 or a 10 on the confidence scale that they feel like they can do it. What happens if they don't give me a 9 or a 10? They give me a 5, a 3. What do we do? We give it to them anyway? We make it easier. Maybe cut it in half. Five servings of veggies. Do you think you can do that? Uh, five out of ten. Okay, cool. How about two servings of veggies? Nine out of ten. Let's go with that. We just keep scaling the habit down until they feel like they can do it. I know some of you are thinking, like, at a certain point, isn't it like not going to do anything? Half a serving of veggie a day? Is that actually going to do anything for the client? It, it might. If it doesn't do anything physiologically, it'll at least build up a positive momentum that they can lead to bigger habits in the future. If you realize something, most of your clients coming to you are not coming to you never having tried fitness before. They're coming to you with a long history of failure. That's why they're seeing you. If they have a history of success, they wouldn't have hired a trainer because they'd already be wicked fit and they'd maybe be a trainer themselves. They have a long history of failure. You need to start them out on day one with some simple successes. Question over here. Go ahead. 
Okay, I'll repeat the question for those in the back. How often do we let the client sort of drive the habit development, or do we just sort of drive it ourselves? And in the end, the truth is we kind of drive it, especially in our online coaching program. And I'm going to actually share with you in the next slide all the habits that we give for the first six months of the coaching program. So you can see the linear progression of habits that we recommend. But the idea is that generally people have to go through this progression. I think of it like teaching a complex motor pattern or a complex lift. So let's say you want to teach someone how to do a snatch. On day one at the gym, do you just have them pick up the bar and start throwing it over their head? No, there's a progression that you use, right? You start with simple chunking out of the motion, you build it up over time, maybe you even have to start simpler before they even pick up the bar and go through sort of range of motion stuff and mobility and specific joints so that eventually you can introduce the snatch. In nutrition, the field in generally and how fitness trainers and strength and conditioning specialists apply it is the exact opposite of how they apply progression in exercise. They're just like, here's your menu. Where's the progression? What we're doing here is building up a progression. All right, we're saying from day zero to day fitness, you have to do this and then you add this to it and then you add this to it because you can't snatch on day one and you can't follow a meal plan on day one. This is a hard concept for a lot of people to get in fitness because we're just used to going here, eat this. But hopefully I'm presenting a compelling enough argument that, well, wait a second, we have to build this up just like the other areas of our lives as trainers. Again, this is sort of our habit development. I mean, it looks like a lot of stuff, but really you're just saying, I'm going to give you a really, really simple habit that you feel confident you can do. That's really it. Pretty straightforward. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.